Many of you may not have had an opportunity to meet me yet, but my name is Aisha, and I'm one of the leaders here at Ascent. I get the opportunity to do several different things, but I must be honest that my heartbeat, what I love, love, love to do is just spend my time with students. I love them so much. They just hold a special place in my heart. And today I just wanted to shout out that a lot of those students that are in my life today are in the front row this morning, so shout out to y'all. I appreciate and I actually should clarify because some of my high school students have gone off to college. So shout out to my college girl that's in the building today. Kaya, I love you, girl. And I also want to acknowledge some of the ladies from my core group that I see front row center. I love you guys. Thank you for praying for me this morning. And one of the recent things that I've been able to do here at Ascent is lead worship in the Tire Center for our kids. Now, y'all, I secretly want to be on worship team here, but I can't really sing, so I know that being in the tire center is as good as it's going to get for me, and I am okay with that. But y'all, amen. Yeah, see, y'all already know how I get down. I ain't even got to say it no more. So y'all, before I get into my message, I feel like there is something that I have to address. So two weeks ago, my husband was up here, and he was preaching. See, y'all already know where I'm going. And normally, whenever I preach, he's in the front, he's over there right now. Whenever he preaches, I'm in the front, we give each other signals. I'm like, you got something on your lip, like you're doing good. You know, we just communicate in that way. But when he was speaking, I was actually in the tire center doing worship. So I came in here a little bit late, and I got wind that Maurice said something along the lines of, stop handing Aisha babies because she has baby fever. (laughs) Well, Ascent family... I am standing here reporting live at the 10.30 a.m. service to let you know that that was fake news, okay? (laughs) Jesus says, let the little children come to me. So I'm going to say what Jesus says, and y'all keep handing me the babies, okay? Are we good? We're going to pray for the Coxes 2020. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Oh, man. I love y'all. All All right. So we have been in a series called... God in the dark. And if I'm honest, this has been my favorite series that we've done this year. We've been addressing and wrestling the idea of doubt. And for the last few weeks, we've taken several different angles on doubt. And as I am closing out this series, I've been praying and thinking about, God, what can I address in this final week? God, what is it that you want me to speak on for this last week in our series? And what came to mind was this list that I created back in 2016. So I moved here in 2016. It was a rough transition, but thank God I'm on the other side of transition now, so we won't even get into that story. You can listen to another sermon for that. But in this list, I started to write things that I thought would have been helpful if someone would have told me before I said yes to Jesus 10 years ago, before I said yes to really pursuing a relationship with God. Because you know, it's a, it's a different thing just going to church on Sunday from actually having a life-giving, a life-changing relationship with Jesus. So there was a few things that I wrote on that list. And one of those things was patience. You see, I was foolish to believe that just because I prayed a prayer and I said in Jesus' name afterwards, 
that I was going to get what I prayed for on my timeline. And y'all, God don't work like that. He works on his timetable. And nine times out of ten, we're going to have to wait. So patience was one of those things on my list. Another thing that I wrote on my list was sacrifice. And y'all, I've heard plenty of messages that talk about all the things that God wants to give us, all the things that God wants to bless us with and add to our lives. But nobody really talked about sacrifice. How God could ask you to give up something that you love, to set aside something and not deal with it anymore. And y'all, I was an only child for 10 years, so sacrifice is something that was foreign to me. I was very selfish. So that's something that was on my list. Another thing that was on my list was growing pains. Now, I feel a lot of times, like, growth is advertised as sexy. I don't know if I could say sexy in church, Jim, but I just said it, so hopefully that's okay. I'm good. I got a thumbs up. And like, ooh, you know, my abs coming in, you know, biceps is popping, all that. But what I've learned spiritually is that growth is painful. The, the growth, the stretching, the pulling, being pulled in a direction I don't really want to go, but I know it's where God wants me to go. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. And I wish somebody would have told me that. And I wish they would have told me that that's the process you have to experience to get through to the other side. And y'all, this list is long. I have so many things on here but I don't have time to get into all that today. But the last word that I'm gonna share with you that is on my list, that is where I want our focus to turn to today. And that last word is disappointment. All of us are gonna face disappointment. And it may seem like in our lives that like disappointment is a common thing. But what I would really want 18-year-old Aisha to know, and what I believe God wants all of us to know today is that not only will we face disappointment in life, but we're also going to face disappointment with God. Disappointment over the loss of a loved one that you were praying for. Disappointment over the lack of justice with the so many social issues that we have going on in this world disappointment because God is making you wait too long disappointment because God is asking you to sacrifice something that you love disappointment because God is making you wait too long he's asking you to do something that you don't want to do something that you are terrified of doing and I know when I say God is going to disappoint you like that may ruffle some feathers, and it's even weird for me to say that out loud. But I want to be clear about something. God will never fail you, but he may disappoint you. He may not live into your expectations or the hopes that you have for him. And y'all, I have one of the best mothers in all the land. She had me at a very young age, so I think that helps in our relationship being as close as we are. And as much as I love my mother, I've been disappointed by my mother. I've been disappointed that she didn't show up for things that were really important to me. I've been disappointed by the way that she chose to handle some things. I've been disappointed that she chose to 
prioritize work over me sometimes. But y'all, even though I have that disappointment, I will still say proudly to this day that I have one of the best moms in this world. And although I'm not a parent, because Maurice is holding me up, <laughs> our students want to be aunties and uncles, Maurice. I don't know where you are, but you're holding us up, man. But I know there's many of you in this room that you're parents, and you can relate to disappointing your kids. You made a decision or you didn't make a decision, and that frustrated them. But the stance that you take is that you are doing what's best for them. And in the same way, God can disappoint us. And I think there's so many things that I can get to when it comes to disappointment this morning, but there's one specific thing that I wanna focus on today. And that's the disappointment of unanswered prayer. In this particular area of our faith journey, I've seen in my own life and in others close to me how we get so excited and, you know, filled with hope and joy when it comes to prayer. But then we notice that that fizzles out because of the sting of disappointment of unanswered prayers. But what do we do with this? Because so many times in the Bible we are told to pray, to pray, to pray. And Jesus even models this for us. But what do we do when God leaves our prayers unanswered? See, I believe if we don't wrestle with this, then that disappointment is going to transform into doubt and creep into our hearts. It's a subtle, slow process, but it happens. And some of you have actually been praying over some things. You've been praying for a job. You've been praying for God to get you out of a job. You've been praying for God to open a new door so you can get a job and provide for your family. Some of you have been praying for your marriage. You want your marriage to get back in this healthy place. Forget loving each other. Y'all just trying to get back to liking each other right now. Some of you may be praying for clarity on what to do, what your next step is. You're about to graduate. Do I go back to school? Do I leave and move out of the state? You're praying. And I know there may be a few of you here this morning that you've attempted to pray to God to see if he's real. If you're real, would you show me? If you're real, would you give me a sign? If you're real, would you help me to understand? And some of those prayers have gone unanswered. And there's a story that I want to get in today that I feel really addresses this reality. And what is really encouraging for me is that we are not alone in this. There's actually a couple that we're going to meet today, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who are facing the same thing. They are facing unanswered prayers. And in Luke 1, um, we read about their story. And before I start reading the text, I want you guys to keep in mind that Zechariah is a priest. Zechariah is a pastor in the church during these times. I'm going to start the sixth verse. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. And that simply means, y'all, that they loved God. It wasn't just a thing for show, like their heart was pure. They really loved God and they served God. 
They were careful to obey all the Lord's commandments. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. And they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for this order was on duty that week. As was this custom of priests, he was chosen to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. This was simply a tradition that the pastors did at that time. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now I'm going to pause right there because I know we don't talk a lot about angels, these divine beings, these messengers of God. And even though it's abnormal for us, and I would say it was even abnormal in the Bible, like you don't read a ton of stories about people encountering angels. But y'all, this happened. So let's keep reading. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, as any of us would. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. For years, Zechariah and Elizabeth are praying. For years, they are facing the reality of infertility. And I want to take a moment and just pause. Because even though I'm on this side of of hopes of being a mother, I know that the reality is that many women and many men face infertility. And this was a current hardship that they were facing. They were right in the midst of it. And if you think there is pressure on couples to have children now, imagine that times 100 back in their time. You were expected to have children. And if you didn't, you were deemed as less than. Y'all, they were a couple that were doing right. They were living right. But they were faced with this reality of being unable to produce. And I want to use the analogy of birthing. I want to use the analogy of being unable to produce. But I also want to be clear that I am not equating infertility to these other issues. I know that's a sensitive topic and I want to honor and respect that. So maybe for you, it's not producing a baby. But maybe you relate to the fact that you're having trouble producing something. Maybe you're having trouble producing that business that you want to get off the ground. Maybe you're having trouble producing that grade that you need to pass that class. Maybe you're having trouble producing a healthy marriage. Maybe you're having trouble producing kids, producing teenagers that you're trying to raise the right way, but they keep getting caught up in these different things. And y'all, this is exactly where Zachariah and Elizabeth were. They were having problems producing. Year after year, month after month, prayer after prayer, tear after tear. No response, no answer, and disappointment is just seeking in, seeking in. And they've grown old at this point, where theologians say that they're at least over 60 years old. Disappointment after disappointment. Year after year. All the way to the point where many of us, at this stage, would just give up and lose all hope. What is that one thing that you used to pray for? but you stopped praying for because you felt like your prayers weren't being answered. You stopped 
praying for because nothing changed. You stopped believing and having hope for because things remain the same, not just after a week, not just after a month, but after a long period of time. And y'all, Zechariah and Elizabeth can relate to this. I want to do something really out of the ordinary right now. Because if you grew up in church or you've been around church long enough, you've probably heard a message from someone up front that has like turned you off or rubbed you the wrong way. Sometimes people can portray this perfect life as a Christian that whatever prayer you pray is, is going to get answered all the time. You're going to get results all the time. And if you grew up anything like me, pastors would read this and then, spoiler alert, they have a baby. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, the God of miracles. Come on now, somebody. Hey, won't he do it? All this, we're excited because they struggled. They prayed. And through a period of time, God came through and answered their prayers. That's what happens in this story. But I know that's not what happens for many of us. I chose this story because the reality is that God will answer some of our prayers, that God will move on our behalf. And y'all, I believe so much in the power of prayer. If I could just be a full-time prayer person somewhere, that is what I would do. I'm actually doing a devotional with a lot of my girls that we are talking about prayer, and I am challenging them in this area. But what I would really want young Aisha to know, what I believe God is reminding all of us today is that our encouragement, our hope should not be that the story ends well, that God puts a bow on everything. Our encouragement, my encouragement for younger Aisha, my encouragement for my girls, my encouragement for all of you this morning is that God hears our prayers. Verse 13, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. We're always looking for an answer. We're always looking for a result. We're always looking for things to come around full circle. If you didn't know, I'm a huge movie buff. And just think about all the movies that we see that have a happy ending. And think about how weird and strange it feels to watch a movie that doesn't have one. And I believe the church sometimes can do a disservice by saying A plus B equals C. The reality is there will be times when we face an inability to produce. We will feel disappointment whether we articulate it or not. And that unaddressed disappointment can transform into doubt and creep into our hearts. What if in the midst of that, we shifted our perspective to see that the win is not us getting what we want. The win is that we have a God who hears our prayers. He is not off in the distance. He is not listening with some Dre beats so he can't really hear what you're saying. Yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. God hears us, y'all. He's right in the midst of it, even in the midst of the disappointment, in the midst of the silence that we experience. He hears us. 
And again, there will be moments when God comes through on those prayers and I will rejoice when that happens. I will celebrate with you when God answers your prayers. But today I wanted to speak to some people who have some prayers that have gone unanswered. And because of that, disappointment has come into your heart and has transformed into doubt. Your prayers may not always be answered, but your prayers are always heard. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and are open to their prayer. Psalm 145.18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, all who call on him in truth. Psalm 18.6, In my distress, I called upon the Lord my God. I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Y'all, about a year ago, Maurice and I got this invite to be a part of this racial unity experience um, where we would be exploring different areas in the South that were pivotal to the civil rights movement. Now, Maurice couldn't go, but I had the opportunity to still go. And I wrestled with a little bit because, believe it or not, I am a full-blown introvert. So I was like, okay, I'm going someplace where I don't know the majority of the people. I'm going to get partnered with a random person, not sure how that's going to go. So I was really just questioning, like, should I do this? I don't know. But in the end, I decided to take that step because I felt that's where God was leading me. And we, um, I fly into Kansas. I get there. We're on a bus. Um, for this experience, you get partnered with someone who is of the same gender as you, but a different ethnicity. So we're, we're going around, and we got to do some, like, fun things, too. Like, I went to Nashville. I had hot chicken. I'm a foodie. I loved it. It was delicious. We also got to, man, I got to walk where Martin Luther King Jr. walked from the Selma March. I got to be on that bridge. I got to just put myself in that place. And one of the most impactful things for me was visiting the Legacy Museum. There was so much information that I never learned in school, that I never heard about. And what was really captivating for me was they had this area that was all about mass incarceration. And it was really unique because there was six stations. You would take a seat. There was this long screen. There was an inmate on the other side of the screen. And you would pick up the phone and you would hear their story. You would hear their story of them being falsely imprisoned and just really be able to sit in that experience with them. So I'm going through each station, and as I get to the last one and I pick up the phone, I notice that there's this guy that's just kind of been hanging out in the corner. He has a hood on, you know, very low-key, not trying to be seen. And then I look at my screen again, and I look to the side, and I'm like, Am I tripping or is this the guy from the screen? I don't know. So I'm like kind of distracted, but listening to his story and really encouraged and inspired by his story. So I go up to him and, you know, introduce myself. I tell him why I'm here and I ask him and I'm like, are you the guy on the screen? Because if not, y'all look a lot alike. And he just smiles at me and he says, yeah, that's me. And he lets me know that he comes, if not every day, every other day, just to watch people 
listen to his story, just to watch people hear his story. And sometimes, like me, someone would actually pay attention and notice that the guy that they're watching on the screen is actually right here in this room. And what I loved about that experience is that, is that he wasn't coming to the museum looking for sympathy. He wasn't looking for pity. He wasn't looking for a handout. He wasn't even looking for attention. What he valued above everything else was his story being heard. And I think the greatest encouragement for all of us today is not that God gives us everything we want, but it's in knowing that God hears our prayers. And what I see in this story is that doubt is used to strengthen the faith of Zachariah and Elizabeth. And as you leave here today and you have unanswered prayers, which led to disappointment, which transformed into doubt, I want you to be encouraged by this couple. I want you to be encouraged by this story and knowing that even in the midst of our disappointment, even in the midst of our doubt, that God uses that to strengthen our faith. And normally at this point, I would close us out in prayer and we would sing and worship some more. But today we're actually gonna do something a little bit different. In that passage that I read, verse 10 actually says, while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside and prayed. And today our pastors decided, everyone who participated in this series, we wanted to take a moment to pray over you, to pray for all of us in the midst of the areas of doubt we're wrestling with. Because just because we're leaders here up front does not mean that we don't experience doubt. We learned that from Zechariah today. So no matter where you are today, what you're facing, what questions you have, what doubts you have, what struggles you have, what unanswered prayers you have, what uncertainty you have, I pray that God is really starting to do something in your heart, that God is really starting to stir you, that God is really starting to speak to you. Would you take a moment and pray with us? God, I thank you that you hear our prayers. I thank you, God, that your word says you will never leave us nor forsake us, Lord God. And I just pray, God, that hope would be restored today. Encouragement would be rebuilt today, Lord God, that even in the midst of not knowing, Lord God, even in the midst of silence, Lord God, even in the midst of disappointment, God, you hear us. And you can use our doubts, you can use our waiting, God, to strengthen our faith. Father, I pray for all of us in this room, including myself, that we would be reminded of that as we continue to pray, as we continue to seek you, as we continue to grow and take forward steps in our journey. God, you are so good. And you are so faithful, Lord. Even when we are faithless, God, you remain faithful. And Father, I thank you. Father, we, uh, we are all on this journey together. And 
there's days where the, this journey is, a, is, is so good. But there are days that we're not assured. There are days that we are not confident. And in those days, in those days, when we wake up and we question and we feel so far from you and we, we, we wonder why we don't trust, in those days, God, we thank you that you bridge that gap, that gap between your truth and your presence and that you are here and what we feel, that gap between the, the confidence that we want to have in you and the lack of confidence that we have in you. You bridge that, you bridge that with your grace and you bridge that with your mercy and you bridge that saying, I want you to stand on this bridge and trust me, trust me that even when we don't get it, even when we ask thousands of questions and even when we feel so far from you and even when every one of our prayers feel like they're falling on the ground, you, you stand, you are with us, you are present, you hear it. You give this, you give us you in those moments, Lord. We thank you for that. Meet us, meet us in the midst of the days that were so far from you. Lord, doubt can be paralyzing. It can cause us to stop taking steps. It can cause us to run the other direction. And yet we are all faced with the reality of doubt. But God, I pray for myself and every single person here right now, that as we may hold the doubts that we have, may we continue to take steps closer to you. As we hold the doubt in our hearts, may we continue to move closer to where you are. Lord, it is your word that encourages us and tells us that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And God, I just believe so firmly that it is in our actions and in our movements, even with uncertainty, that you're not discouraged by doubt, you're not dismayed by doubt, but you, as we are holding this, you let us know, continue to move continue to take steps God because I know it's in the steps that you show who you are and let us every single person in this room may we draw near to you as you draw near to us God it hits me that you are no stranger to disappointment yourself and I think of Jesus on the cross who cries out my God my God why have you forsaken me why have you forgotten me uh, it just gives me comfort today in the midst of my own doubts and my own pain uh, that you are real familiar with what it means to be in pain uh, and have disappointment. Uh, Lord, thank you that you came yourself on this earth and walked what we walked and felt what we felt. And God, so I pray over uh, my friends here and myself uh, that today we would remember that we have you who has walked our road that we can relate to that we can talk to, uh, that we can pray to. Uh, so God, I lift up uh, our church, we lift up this series, um, we lift up the people in this room and the people that we come into contact with. Um, God, we love you and we thank you that you're present. In Jesus' name, amen.